Hey friends, it's me, Katie Ann, and your host of the Full Confidence Ahead podcast, where we go on a journey together tackling the fears of life from family relationships to finance, from careers to community. I'm so excited. We have Keaton Walker on here today, YouTuber, entrepreneur, consultant. We are going to learn so much from him. So hang in there with us. We're going to learn about business. We're going to learn about being an entrepreneur. We are going to bump the time to our sponsors really quick. They make it possible for this podcast to come free to you every single week. So give them a listen and then jump right back in with us today. Have you ever felt scared swiping your card at a cash register, not knowing if it would be declined or maxed out on your credit limit? Believe me, I've been there holding my breath, waiting to check out. Thankfully, all of that fear melted away and turned into confidence when I took a financial literacy course. The PowerPay Money Master course has changed my experience at the cash register from fearful to fearless. The online course is video-based and gives you real-life money smarts. USU Extension is offering a free Money Master course to all Full Confidence Ahead listeners. Go to extensioncourses.usu.edu slash Powell and add the Money Master course to your cart. The link will give you the $40 course for free. You can also get the course discount by going to extensioncourses.usu.edu and finding the Money Master course under the finance category. Use the code KDAN. K-A-T-I-E-A-N-N with no spaces at checkout to claim your $40 discount and free course. As a podcaster and a one-woman show, it takes a lot of time to record, edit, and produce my episode. There is no way I could run my podcast on my own if I didn't have Podflow. Podflow is an AI-based podcasting tool that enhances audio recordings, writes show notes, and makes audio timestamps all within literally minutes. It's given me the power to be a one-woman show by giving me back my time. If you have your own podcast or are considering making your own, head over to podflow.ai to create your account. Podflow will give you a free trial to get just a taste of their product. And when you're ready to purchase their product, it's affordable and purchased by the month. So you can go month by month with your podcasting process. Get ready to podcast like me and get your Podflow account at podflow.ai. Okay, Keaton, we are so excited to have you with us. You're a busy person because you are quite the entrepreneur. So I know your entrepreneurial journey kind of started in 2018, correct? Um, I would say it started before then, but officially, yeah, in, in about 2018, 2019. That's amazing. And now it's grown into, you're the CEO of Agency Dominance, correct? Yeah, so that's uh, the company that I recently started just about four months ago after I sold uh, a marketing agency um, that I had been working on for about four years before then. Holy cow. Okay. So you're buying, you're selling companies. You're the CEO of a company. And also is through your current company, are you consulting businesses or is that a separate to the side thing that you're doing? Yeah. So this is, I, I wouldn't say I have any side things now. It's just um, consulting other agencies mainly. And then every once in a while we'll have maybe a, a marketer or a head of marketing for another company come through that will do some help. Um, with consulting or maybe some done for you services as well. And your YouTuber on top of that. With yeah, all I mean, that. That's that's our marketing. So um yeah, all the all the leads kind of come through watching some free value on YouTube. Um I have to ask, is it ever scary to get on camera with YouTube? 
Uh, it wasn't the beginning. I remember my first video took me about uh, a month to actually like sit down and film. And I was so nervous the whole time. And now I've made probably 250 videos. So it it's not too nerve wracking anymore. <laughs> it's one of those things you like do it so many times. You're like, holy cow, here we go. Yeah, yeah. Okay, I want to kind of start to the beginning. I love that you said 2018 was like your official start. Tell me about the start of being an entrepreneur. Was there a yeah. mindset before like officially starting companies? Yeah, so I grew up in a family of um, entrepreneurs. So my mom, who you've had on the podcast, started a, a local swim school and she kind of used that to help my dad get through law school. And then that just continued to grow and grow. So I grew up working um, in that business and then also kind of having my mom not breathing down my neck, but kind of whispering in my ear about all of the important things that go into a successful business. So when we had lemonade stands, it wasn't like we set everything up ourselves. She was saying we, we did do the work ourselves, but she would always say, look, whenever I go to a lemonade stand, the lemonade's watery. So you got to make sure that I test it before you go out. And make sure that the product's actually good before you start selling it. Make sure there's enough ice so that it's actually cold, et cetera. And um, I remember we would uh, just maybe be around the dinner table or just walking around the house and she would get off maybe a phone call with a different, difficult client or a difficult employee. And uh, we'd be hearing about the frameworks that she used to diffuse difficult situations and uh, why it's important to talk to um, employees or customers in certain ways and how that plays into the overall reputation of the business and uh, how smoothly things can run in the future and how it affects other employees and other customers, et cetera. So I think I grew up just like kind of with this entrepreneurial masterclass in many ways when it came to, to product and customer service, which was uh, a huge blessing. Uh, and then in high school, I had a few different ideas in my senior year of high school. I, I wanted to make money blogging. So I started a blog uh, that didn't really go that far, but it was my first failure, which I think was a huge help in helping my next business succeed. That is so interesting. Okay. I'm like, you had next level lemonade stands. <laughs> I'm thinking about <laughs> yeah. I'm like, oh no, you and your mom would not have approved of mine. It's totally <laughs> watery, totally warm lemonade. <laughs> <laughs> you guys are like thinking about the quality of the product. And I'm like, do you even like mix it right or left? Like, how do you do this? <laughs> I'm like, oh, God. glad you guys didn't know me back then and tested my lemonade because your lemonade was definitely a step up. <laughs> okay, that's fascinating to me. So you grew up in this entrepreneurial kind of shaping of this mindset because you're in this master class. Um, and I love the elements that you've just given us here, but something stuck out to me. Failure. That was super interesting. Talk to me a little bit more about your first blog, that failure, what you've learned from it. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, I just had this idea like, okay, I'm going to make money blogging. And I, I focused purely on the, what I call vanity metrics. So how many people were looking at it? How many people were following us on social media? Um, and when it comes to blogs, like traffic is important, but there was no plan to, um, really monetize that within a, a, a small enough time frame. So I ended up um, just kind of spending, which for me at 17, 18 was a lot of money 
uh, probably like $500 to put, you know, get the website up, do all the, the coding, put a bunch of different articles up, et cetera. And at one point I was just like, wow, I've put so much into this and I haven't made anything back. And that, that scared me, but it also taught me like, again, I was focusing on the wrong thing. Um, today, like I teach all my students, anybody that I'm consulting, like it's, a, it's about the first win, getting that first win and getting yourself for lack of a better word, addicted to the process of, okay, here's one win. Here's another win. Here's another win. And, um, it's not because necessarily that's the absolute best way to grow a business, but it's because mm -hmm. we need to hack our psychology to make sure that we're enjoying the process and getting a reward early enough so that we can continue. Um, so when I, I started my second business, it was all, I, I put this limitation on myself. I said, I wasn't allowed to spend any money until I had a client and that I could use the money that I got from that client to pay for my website or to pay for anything else that I needed for startup costs. And that constraint really forced me to focus on the right things instead of, uh, you know, just focusing on how many followers I had on Instagram. That is fascinating. I really like that you said this. Did you say vanity metric? Mm -hmm. Okay. The vanity metric. So that's kind of like how many followers you have, how many people are liking your stuff, right? Yeah. I mean, for some businesses, that's their whole business, right? If it's a media business like CNBC or Fox, like they make money off of how many people are actually seeing them, but it would be akin to CNBC or Fox or whatever news outlet having a million people watch them every night, but never selling an ad spot because mm. they, you know, they're just focused on growing more and more people. So, um, the, yeah, the vanity metric is, uh, how many followers are just outward uh, measures of success. Whereas you're completely broke inside the business because you haven't learned how to sell or you haven't learned how to monetize in a way that's sustainable. That is fascinating. Okay. So it's almost like this makes you look like you're successful versus like you're actually successful. Like you're, you're yeah. converting, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. hundred percent. Oh, interesting. Okay. Then I want to talk a little bit more about that process you were talking about. So you're helping people find small wins up front, right? Mm -hmm. And then helping them love that process, right? Yeah. I mean, if it depends who I'm working with. So if somebody's already established and they, you know, they're doing a, a decent amount of recurring revenue and they just want to grow that, um, then I know that they've got the mindset to delay gratification enough to, you know, get that first client, get those first few clients and get to the point where they're relatively stable. They just want to scale. Right. But when it mm -hmm. comes to somebody brand new that wants to start a business or wants to do anything big with their life, really, um, at some point, you have to reward yourself along that way, along the path to the big reward, uh, or else it's not gonna, it's not gonna pan out because you're, you're gonna, it's gonna be all work and no fun, right? Uh, so, a, a brand new, uh, let's say somebody starting a marketing agency, they need um, to get a first client, even if that client's only paying them, let's say, a hundred dollars a month. Uh, typically, we're I teach them to charge much more than that. But if they can get that first one through the door, just get that payment, see that, get the dopamine hit and see that it's possible. It gives them the confidence to go get the second one and the excitement that that happened and that it could happen again, right? So I remember the mm -hmm. first payment I ever got from a stranger 
that I had reached out to and, and sold marketing services, like that was such a rush. And it's, there's very few feelings in the world that compare to your first time starting your own thing and getting your first payment, really getting paid to do your own thing. Um, and so, yeah, trying to get that as soon as possible and creating that belief that it can happen again is crucial for new entrepreneurs. That's fascinating. Uh, you mentioned delayed instant gratification, right? So mm -hmm. instant gratification versus delayed gratification. Mm -hmm. Um, that's really interesting that you're relaying this to businesses. Like I've heard that about happiness, mindfulness and life, but not so much in like success of a business. So talk to me a little bit more of how that coincides like with a business, not just the person too. Yeah. So there's a study done. The top three traits of successful entrepreneurs were one, they had a superiority complex. So they believed they were better than everybody else. Uh, simultaneously, they were really insecure. And then huh. the the last thing that they had was impulse control. So they could wait, the, you know, to quote the marshmallow experiment, they could wait to eat the marshmallow, whereas other people could not. And if you think about super high powered people, like it makes sense. They think they're better. So they have more confidence than a lot of people just going out there. And then they also uh, are insecure about what, their life is going to end up. So they're driven by kind of the fear on the one side and the confidence on the other side. And then they have the ability to actually achieve their goal because they can wait to get the, the gratification. Right. And so when I say like, it's about getting that early quick win for new entrepreneurs, I would say um, the longer they can delay that, the bigger the payout's going to be. Mm -hmm. But at some point you've got to, you know, you've got to get that win or else um, you know, 99% of people are going to quit. So, uh, and, and you've got to get that momentum rolling. It's not just about the, uh, the first one, it's about the second and third and what that snowballs into. So I would say, um, waiting like the delayed gratification side of things, just, it has a lot to do with, um, working on the difficult thing, uh, the deep work, the, uh, the high leverage tasks, as early and as often as possible, hmm. uh, because those are the hard things to do. And the exciting things to do are going to be go check your bank account or go check your payment processor, or, you know, message people or post funny stuff on social media that you feel like you're working, but you're, you're not actually, I call it action faking, not action taking and doing, if you do all that, then you're, you're caught up in the, the thick of thin things. And if you do, um, instead, even just one to four hours of deep work every single day, you're going to be leaps and bounds ahead of the other people who get caught up in those easy menial tasks that don't take much time or effort or energy. That is fascinating. Totally noticed that in my life before where I'd been caught up in, what did you say? Action. Faking. Action faking instead of action taking, right? Yeah. Oh, fascinating. That is so true. I've totally been caught in that in, in my different like efforts throughout, throughout my life. I totally can notice that of like, I feel like I'm working and honestly quite exhausting myself yeah. of doing all these different outlets of things that are quite honestly, more public facing mm -hmm. than that action taking. So how do you know your action taking? Like, how do you help people set metrics for those things that really are the deep work? Like define that deep work for me. 
Yeah, uh, obviously it depends like what you're doing, but typically it's going to be the thing that you don't want to do. And <laughs> it's going to be <clears throat> something that like, it doesn't necessarily have to be deep work. For example, somebody getting into sales, like it's not going to be deep work to um, message a hundred to 200 people a day or do a hundred cold calls. Like that's not really deep work, but it's painful and you should get it done first thing uh, yeah. so that you build some momentum for the day, right? Mm -hmm. And I think action faking comes when you're you're like, you know, I, I, I had somebody comment on one of my videos the other day and said like, oh, I, I messaged 12 people, uh, like and nobody got back to me. I'm not sure this is for me, I'm trying to sell marketing services, right? And I said like message 1200 people and get back to me when you've mm -hmm. done that. And it's just severely underestimating the amount of volume that we need to do to be successful or master a certain skill, but also um, just taking too much time to do uh, the, those tasks, you know? Mm -hmm. So I think that would be one key indicator. And then if you're in more of a, a deep work type job, like creating or, you know, working on something, editing something where you need really undistracted um deep work time just eliminating as much as many distractions as possible and making sure you get at least one to two hours of that every day mm. um and then you can you know you can get caught up in whatever you want after that as long as you do a little bit every day you're gonna reach the goals that you want typically hey that's fascinating so you're recommending doing that deep work or whatever's hard for you mm -hmm. at the beginning of the day like here's a chunk and yeah. then you can switch to other things right yeah i mean everybody's different so some people are going to be great at night uh typically i would say most humans are a little bit fresher when they haven't been spending their day doing something else mm -hmm. um so i was talking to my video editor the other day and he was saying yeah when i try to edit at night like the the creative juices just aren't flowing i can't think mm -hmm. of good things I, I can't get it all to work so um i'm going to start switching into the morning where my mind's a lot more fresh. Um, so again, some people may be different on that, but whenever your mind is at its its peak is when you should be working on that deep work for sure. That's interesting. So as you're consulting people, what I'm hearing is not only are you helping them convert their businesses, but you're also helping them be at their peak performance, right? Yeah, I mean, the difference between somebody succeeding or not is their mindset 99.9% .9 of the time. Um, that was what held me back at the beginning. And the minute I was able to kind of get a, a push in the right direction mm. with my mindset and start believing things that previously I hadn't was really where the snowball started. And um, I had a student a couple months ago who we were working together and it was just sort of like a slog, a little bit of a struggle. Nobody was closing. It seemed like he was going to get a client here, a client there, but it wasn't working the way he wanted to. And our, our engagement actually ended. And um, I just said, hey, why don't I add you to these? I have a couple client accounts that I still manage. Why don't I add you to these client accounts? And you can just watch how things work. And, and hopefully we'll create some belief that mm -hmm. these, um, these ads, ads is what we're doing for the clients, actually work because i think that's what's holding you back so he watched and he said he just he turned the notification on his phone so that every time this client got a lead 
he would see it come through. And he said it was like this really powerful mindset shift for him is where he was like, wow, this marketing stuff actually works, right? Mm. Where as before, there was always a seed of doubt. Like I've never actually done, like he'd, he'd seen other people do it. You know, he'd been involved in marketing before, but he'd never actually done it himself. And so he said it was really powerful. And, and after two weeks of watching those client campaigns be successful, he was like, okay, there's not as much to this as I thought. And I know it can work. And and that's when the snowball started to roll for him and he started to get clients. So that's interesting. So it's that mind shift that, so how did you change your mindset? So when, when was that switch for you and how did you get over that? Like, okay, yep, this is legit. Let's do this. Yeah. So I, <clears throat> sorry. Um, so I was in college. I went to a year of, of college and just didn't enjoy it. And mm-hmm. I had just decided, you know what, I'm, I'm 21, I'm single. Like when am I going to have less risk? Uh, I may as well start this business. And so I finished my second semester of college and I literally like ran from my last final to my dorm so that I could start working on my business. Cause I was so excited about it. But I had, even with the entrepreneurial masterclass that I grew up in, I had had kind of these limiting beliefs that I had placed on myself, such as like uh, earning money is bad. Selling is like a sleazy mm-hmm. profession. Uh, even like marketing doesn't work was a, a, a belief I held at one point, ironically. And uh, so all of these things were kind of swirling around in my head, but I didn't realize it. And I was taking a course at the time. And one of the things they recommended or kind of the framework that they uh, went over was like our thoughts create our beliefs, our beliefs create our actions, and then our actions then turn around and create our thoughts again. Well, they create our results, which then shape our thoughts. So uh, what was happening is my thoughts around selling or money or just like anything limiting when it came to what I was able to achieve with my life was affecting my beliefs, which then was affecting my actions because I would maybe get on a sales call or wake up and just be like, well, I'm not going to succeed anyway. So why would I take the action that I need to? And then that was affecting my result. It was a self-fulfilling prophecy, right? So really where you need to intercept everything is the thought. And if we can change those thoughts, then we can change the beliefs and then the beliefs will change the action. So I like to call it like brainwashing yourself with beliefs that serve you. So instead of, you know, money's bad, selling's bad, it's sleazy, like all of these things that are going to hold an entrepreneur back, I just wrote down a bunch of different things, beliefs, like I'm selling things so that I can help people. I'm selling things so that I can support my future family. Um, Like money isn't bad. It just depends how you use it. It depends your attitude towards it, et cetera, right? And then I would listen to those every day. Um, So there's studies that show the subconscious is, closer to the surface directly after you wake up. So I would just wake up and like pop in my headphones and listen to these beliefs that were helping my subconscious start to believe the right things for me. And then uh, it was amazing to me how fast it worked. Like within a week, I was like, wow, I feel like a completely different person. I actually believe this stuff. And again, it's just kind of hacking that circuitry in your brain, right? The, The things that don't serve you, if you can just replace them with things that do, it's amazing what your brain can do on its own. So um, just understanding the, the you know, higher brain versus lower brain and 
how we can uh, affect those beliefs and then just kind of push ourselves in the right direction. That was my big shift. That is fascinating. So you're writing down, you're listening to things, you're correcting your thoughts. You mentioned higher brain versus lower brain. Help us understand what is that? Yeah. So higher brain is the neocortex, lower brain is the limbic system to simplify. And uh, limbic systems in charge of like food, shelter, reproduction, like any of our animal instincts, right? And the neocortex is the higher brain is in charge of uh, more delayed gratification type things. So mm. how can I achieve the things that I want in life, et cetera. And what a lot of people don't understand is like the the lower brain doesn't actually call the shots. It's just very powerful. So it can actually make you stand up. It can actually make you, you know, overeat or, um, you know, do something that's not in your best interest. It can just give you the urge to do so. Mm. Uh, and so it's a, the, the process of kind of taming that lower brain. Um, a lot of people compare it to the like an elephant. It's huge. It's powerful. And if you can tame it to do the right thing, it's going to be amazing for you. If you tame it to, or you don't tame it and it just runs wild, it's going to wreak havoc on your life. So um, the the writer, you would be the writer as the the higher brain, uh, which can control this elephant and train it and help it to do the right thing for you. Um, and then, but if you're not doing your job as the writer, then it's going to go do whatever it wants. So um, that's kind of the, the 60 mm. second version of higher brain versus lower brain. That's a great 60 second version. Um, so did you do that through positive psychology, through books or how, how did you meditation? How did you learn how to kind of tame the lower brain and go into the higher brain? Um, yeah, it's a lot of different things. Um, I would say that that first course I took was really fundamental mm -hmm. and that I just think understanding it, like, um, a lot of people just don't understand this basic thing. It feels like they're all, everything's coming from the same part of the brain and like, it's all of them. Right. Mm -hmm. But if you can actually separate and, and there's studies that show this people quitting smoking, people quitting binge eating, it's uh, all about taking these urges from the lower brain and just dismissing them as like neurological junk. Like, mm -hmm. no, that's not true. I don't need it. Throw it in the, the trash can, you know? And then they just move on with their life. And um, so I, I've like in the struggles that I've had with things that my lower brain wants to do that I don't actually want to do for my life. That's been one of the most helpful things that I've come up with. It's just, okay. Or not come up with, but read, uh, okay. Just discard this thought, discard this thought. It doesn't matter. It's not actually me. It's just the part of me that thinks I'm a caveman living in the wilderness that needs to survive, uh, which isn't actually true. So, uh, I would say continuing to study and then implement and practice in your own life and don't give up. Uh, and then lastly, journaling is like massive. It uses a different part of your brain. So if there's a belief that you really want to start believing, or there's something that you really need to process, writing it down um, is um, a massive help in that process because of the different way that you'll help your brain helps you process it as you write it. That is fascinating. That gives me a lot more confidence to like pull out my dusty journal, like <laughs> brush it off, start writing again. I'm yeah, mastering yeah. my brain. Like, here we go. Um, Keaton, it's been so fascinating just listening to you 
and your thought. I, I'm realizing more and more that business and entrepreneurship is less of um less of a cold call or more of a mindset. Mm. Right. Um that's I think what the biggest thing I've gleaned from you is is it's a lot more thought than it is um even on the ground work, like sure there's on the ground work, but if you can't have the thought, then you can't do the work. Right. And then those in place and the, the thought preceding the work balance you and help you succeed versus the work preceding the thought you're going to tank. Right. Yeah. It's like building a, a sandcastle. Like if your your sandcastle is your business, but you can't tame the waves, like it doesn't matter how good your sandcastle is it's going to get washed away right but if you right. take care of the waves the sandcastle builds itself it's relatively easy and most what most people are struggling with is just self-sabotage and mm-hmm. um, like this endless cycle of they want to stay somewhere comfortable their lower brain wants them to stay somewhere comfortable um, and it doesn't matter if that comfortable place is actually painful it's familiar right mm-hmm. and so they want to stay where they know the terrain and when we try to move out of that, um, our lower brain fights to keep us there, which is can be very, uh, very painful and very difficult to break out of. But once you've made that made that first step and broken out of it, um, things start to get a lot better. I love that analogy that you just gave us there: the sand and the waves and taking that lower brain. That's fascinating to me, and I'm really curious with your answer to the question that we always ask our guests at the end, yeah. um, especially kind of thinking of, like, you've definitely had a mind shift with entrepreneurship, so I'm just curious to see what you're going to respond, but what is one piece of advice you'd give your younger self to boost your confidence? Um, I think I would just say that it's the number one skill in life, period. Like, if you can believe in yourself and your ability to do something, then you can recruit others to, to believe in that. And you can, it becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy. But, Mm. um, if you've got self-doubt chipping away at what you want to achieve in your life, um, it's not going to turn out the way that you want it to. So just, I just go back to myself and say, Hey, let's like, you've got this, believe in yourself a bit more. And that becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy. So remember that. And I think that would help me a lot. That's fascinating. I love that. Back to that thoughts idea. Okay. We want to make sure that our podcast listeners can connect with you. I know Mm -hmm. probably many of them have started businesses and are going to want your advice and your consulting. So what's the best way they can get in contact with you? Yeah. So my website is itsitskeaton.com and you can find me on any social media as well. Perfect. So itsketon.com. Yep. Perfect. I'll jump that into our show notes. So if you're listening, you can also run into our show notes, click on that website. You'll find him. You'll definitely want his advice because clearly we've been so blessed to have you. Truly, thank you so much for coming on the show today. Thanks, Katie. After every episode, I'm amazed at what each of our guests have accomplished in their lives. They inspire me to go for my dreams and seize opportunities. The reality of life is that every opportunity and dream has a financial implication and knowing how to manage and grow your money will not only help you achieve your goals, but also get to them faster. Utah Money Moms has been a resource for me to learn how to better manage my money and turn my dreams into reality. Their website is full of interactive material to engage all learning styles. 
My favorite resource is their free monthly webinars where I can listen and have my questions answered by financial counselors and educators. Head on over to utahmoneymoms.com or utahmoneymoms on Instagram to access free empowering material. Again, that is utahmoneymoms.com or utahmoneymoms on Instagram. Thanks for listening in on the Full Confidence Ahead podcast. Weekly on Tuesdays, we'll continue our journey of confidence together through new interviews and insights. Make sure to hit the subscribe button to stay up to date on the latest conversations and confidence boosts. And by the way, you got this because you deserve to live life full confidence ahead. See you next week.